Suns Prairie Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always host, Evan Sutter, and join my co-host, Burning Clean. You can follow me on Twitter at East Sutter. You can follow Burn on Twitter at BurningClean14. You can follow our Locked On Suns Twitter page. We have not already at Locked On PHX Suns. Your support is very much appreciated, as always. And as you, as you guys know, we're live talk series as we are for every home game. And Brandon, what a wild game that was. 120-118 is the final score of this one. The Suns came out on the losing end, but... In the third quarter of this game, I thought it would be just a blowout for the Spurs. They're about 20 points at one point. The Suns come back and actually lead with about a minute to go. But the Spurs, with their hot shooting tank and Bryn Forbes, really upended them going 54.8% for three tonight. What was your biggest takeaways from this one? Because this is, I think I was telling you off the air, just one of the wackier, weirder games I've seen from the Suns this year as far as just the, how it went. Yeah, I mean, I think for any team, you know, to have a 20-point swing like that in it, like you said, the fact that the Suns actually did take the lead and then it started to feel like they were going to win the game. It wasn't like a last-second shot to take the lead. It was they got it and then lost it again. And uh, I guess these two teams are incapable of playing a calm, no. just normal basketball game because everyone will remember as well the Mexico City game that was equally wild and crunch time was uh, just as back and forth in that game. But... Yeah, I mean, you know, a very important one. Uh, you know, I think both teams obviously came into it that way. It's not just important for the Suns, but, um, you know, you can't really make up when you let a team shoot the way that they did. You, it's going to be impossible, really, to make up for that. And uh, we saw the repercussions of it. Even with great performances from the Sun Stars, it wasn't enough. But I'll start us off with the free throws with the first star, who uh, played again pretty much out of his mind, especially in that second half, which was Devin Booker. Uh, 37 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and four threes. He made two or three of them in a row at one point. And he hit 22 alone in the third quarter. Yeah, wow. Uh, brought the Suns back almost entirely on his own in that third period. And, you know, not to understate it, but kind of more of the same. I mean, he, he basically just shot himself out of a slump yeah. mid-game and brought the team back uh, with that end of the fourth quarter or end of the third quarter run and then stayed in for the entire fourth quarter and played 40 minutes in this game. So uh, unreal from him. And, you know, again, just that sense of urgency with this game all around. I think he embodied that and just came up on the wrong side of it. Yeah, 37 points, seven rebounds, five assists for Booker now, 13 of 23 shooting, four of six in the three-point line. Just it feels like we get like one or two, maybe even more than that, of Booker just – having one of these games as far as he's having a bad game in the first half, but then all of a sudden the second half just flips the switch. And this is certainly that 22 points in the third quarter, finished at 37. Like you mentioned, Brent, almost willed this team entirely on his back to a 20-point 20 20 point comeback victory. That says a lot to me about just – I think it's fair to say at this point that he – it keeps saying it over and over again, but he deserves an all-star berth at this point. Yeah, it's, it's getting harder to see the case against him. I know it's not just – him or not him it's it's are these other players more more deserving but you know this is the season to me that's really shown it's, it's answered a lot of the questions of you know are are the numbers really helping the winning or is it just kind of empty blah 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 that entire debate a night like this I think is evidence that he's doing about all that he can on offense you know I do think it's worth mentioning Bryn Forbes who you mentioned in our open right there Eight threes tonight, career high for him. A lot of those yeah. were Booker getting lost. Almost all of them came in the second or in the first half. Second half, he only made one. Obviously, it was a huge one. That one wasn't so much of, of Booker's fault, in my opinion. Um, and then, you know, Booker did miss a really difficult kind of fading three-pointer at the end of the game. Not so much of a negative on him, but um, 
you know, I still think overall when you look at the whole game, it's really hard to not see how that guy is one of the most impactful players in the whole league right now. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. And I would probably rate this game as far as just how it started to how it finished for Booker up there as far as some of his top games of the year so far. And trust me, there's been a lot as we've talked about in the podcast. But let's go on to my first free throw from this game, which is DeAndre Aiden. Now four straight solid games from Aiden. Third straight now of 25 points or more. He finished with 27 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, and a block on 10 of 15 shooting. Also 7 of 8 from the free throw line, Brennan in 39 minutes. It just feels like at this point, DeAndre Ayton's figuring the NBA out. And that's a, if you're a Suns fan listening out there and you're watching these games, you should be very, very excited right now. Yeah. Uh, I think especially getting to the line. Uh, I think it was Zach Milner who's been on our podcast and uh, was one of the more – one of the guys who was higher on Ayton in that draft, I think, relative to most people in, in the draft Twitter world. And he noted, I think it's 33 free throw attempts over the past three games for Ayton. Wow. Um, and he had – as, as everyone will remember when we were keeping track of it early in the year, I think he had 13 in his first 10 games. So since yeah. then, he's tripled that. And that's humongous. I mean, it's the other thing is he's making almost all of them. He's over 90% f- percentage-wise. So to get that many easy shots, that's how you really, as we've learned with Booker this year, that's how you start to be a real reliable second option, third option on a good team is – getting easy shots, not fading away from mid-range all the time, but getting to the basket, drawing fouls, and, and just making life easier on yourself, and he did it. Yeah, just real quickly on Aiton, just what does it do for his long-term ceiling just to have this free throws? Let's say he's averaging like seven or eight free throw attempts the rest of the season. Like That does changes the whole trajectory for you like DeAndre Aiton, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's not just the free throws. It's what does it mean that he's doing that? It's a sign that he's being more aggressive. Yeah, like exactly. he's, he's playing a different way to do that, and that's obviously the biggest thing. If he was if we were all watching him power to the basket over and over and he's just not getting fouls, then, you know, whatever. But, yeah, the, the both of them are coming at the same time. And, and you know, Marcus Aldridge is no slouch. Like, that, you know, it's it's been a series of strong performances now from him. And hopefully it can continue. Um, he did take that mid-range jumper in basically the defining possession of the game. Yeah, that was With rough. about a minute left, they isolated him. He didn't do any of those things we're talking about, and he took the jumper. Uh, and the Suns were kind of put in a bad position from then on out, down two and, and trying to kind of be desperate. But uh, my second free throw here from tonight's game gets a little tougher here. Um, you know, I would – I feel like it has to be Mikhail Bridges. Um, to me, Ubre struggled on DeRozan early, and I think when Mikhail was defending DeRozan, things tended to go a little bit better. Not a surprise. I was a little interested that they didn't flip the matchups that much with Booker struggling on Forbes, with Kelly not containing DeRozan very well, and Rubio kind of off ball in a weird kind of... Rover around, yeah. Yeah, like defending Murray, who is not really a a typical point guard. And, you know, the Spurs do make it tough. They play a lineup that doesn't really have a primary type of ball handler like that. Rubio's not really going to defend DeRozan. It's tough, but... It was interesting to see that they kept things so consistent, and what that ended up meeting is, you know, whenever McHale was out of the game, you really sensed his disappearance on the defensive end, and 32 minutes for him, and they needed they needed him for maybe even more than that. Yeah, just before I go into mine real quickly, just to mention, because if you're looking at the box score after what Brandon said, you'd be like, why is he a positive in this game? I totally agree with you, though. He only had two points in this game, but defensively, he played 32 minutes, didn't take a lot of shots in this one. He banked up his elbow a little bit at the end, it looked like, but it's like he's going to be okay, but... Mikhail's defense, I feel like, on a night like this goes very underrated as far as the storylines go because, like you mentioned, he did very well against NBA Yeah, DeRozan, 5 of 15. 
you know, from the field, even though he did have eight assists, but five turnovers and he missed 10 shots. Like, that's not, you know, people can feel whatever way they want to feel about DeRozan, but that's the Spurs' number one option. Yeah. And when, he, when, when Bridges was defending him, the game changed, so. For my second free throw here, I'm going to go closing out this segment here with Ricky Rubio. But it was really between him or Kelly for this one, and with Kelly being kind of inconsistent on the offensive end and fouling out. Rubio had his struggles very early on, but in the second half of that game, he kind of helped them steady the tide a little bit. 15 points, 9 assists, added in 3 rebounds too, 6-12 from the field overall. Just one of those games where it feels like Rubio doesn't have it going at all, but then when you need him most in those critical moments as far as getting back in this game, he really helped tied the ship a little bit yeah it took a ton of shots in the fourth quarter it's just I think the thing with him they're going to go in sometimes and they're not going to go in sometimes it does feel like he has had whatever however you want to try to describe whatever clutch is he has had it at times and I think you know as long as they go in when it matters I guess you take it uh six of 12 from the field like he didn't have a, an inefficient night by any means all three of his free throw attempts were in the fourth quarter also, the missed free throw was in the fourth quarter. That you know was just another one of those little tiny mistakes that added up over the course of that final frame for the Suns. But I also think they're probably not in that position without him. Yeah, exactly. Totally agree with you there. That's going to do it for our first segment here, talking about the positive from this unfortunate Suns loss. You're losing by two points. But before we go on, I want to hit our sponsor today's show, which is Calm. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed with LeBron James to help you ease your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, perform your best. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA, you get 40% off a Calm premium membership. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes like LeBron loves, such as Ray on the Leaves and so much more. For a limited time, our listeners can go join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Again, that is calm.com slash locked on NBA. One more time for you guys, calm.com slash locked on NBA. Today's show also brought to you by the Arizona Office of Tourism Spring Training. This spring, fall your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for the Cactus League. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventures, and incredible food make Arizona the perfect home for baseball fans. Follow your favorite baseball teams to the Valley and see a whole ton of amazing baseball. You have 15 teams all within 50 miles of one another in the greater Phoenix area. You have the opportunity to meet players, get autographs, just the spring training vibe that is so kind of unique and laid back, really. If you want to hang out a little before or after, keep up with that uh, laid back vibe. There's breweries, bars, restaurants, all right around all of these venues, as well as live music from local and national artists. If you want to check a few things off of your bucket list, see some of the natural wonders in Arizona, like the Grand Canyon or Monument Valley, those are just a short drive away as well. If you have to bring the kids along, Arizona is a fantastic destination for families, for people of all ages. Tons of stuff for kids to do in the valley, like wildlife parks, science museums, aquariums, in addition to all of the fantastic baseball. So plan your spring training getaway today and take advantage of all of these opportunities at visitarizona.com slash spring training. Again, that's visitarizona.com slash spring training. Negatives from today's game are flagrant fouls, as we call them. Um, you know, I think it has to – it's going to sound pretty obvious, but the first half defense. I mean, oh, that, that's why they lost the game. It's, it's not, you know, one thing that we've probably talked ad nauseum about on this show because Monty Williams has um, 
just brought it up time and again after these losses is game plan discipline, knowing the personnel. And to me, letting Bryn Forbes open as often as they did is a pretty big infraction on that. Like, I would imagine you look at the game plan for tonight, don't leave Bryn Forbes open is probably one of the top bullet points because that's why he's in the starting lineup. He's not a he's not giving you much else. No. He, and the Suns let him do whatever he wanted tonight. He, he really is just like a one-trick pony as far as three-point shooting goes. Eight of 11 from the three-point line tonight, but I think he was seven of eight at one point in this game. And it, it just shows you, I think on back-to-back possession in the first quarter or second quarter, it was Forbes off a screen. And then again, Forbes off a screen. And Monty Williams just lost on the sideline. Just He's like, guys, what are we doing here? Like, this is the game plan. You're not following the game plan. And simply put, like you mentioned, the first time at Brennan, Devin Booker really got tortured by Brent Forbes defensively mm-hmm. in that first half because he could not stay with him at all. And that yeah. kind of cost him in the end. Yeah. And I would say, too, you know, to not just center it on the, the Booker Forbes thing, too. Um, similar to what we talked about with Mikhail Bridges. I mean, DeMar DeRozan eight assists, Derek White, seven assists, and Derek White, much more efficient from the field, 25 points for him on 14 shot attempts. Both of those guys were getting into the lane against pretty much anybody, um, you know, maybe missing or taking tougher shots in the case of DeRozan. Most of the time, I think that, you know, White benefited from playing against the Suns bench, which we know is going to help anybody out. But uh, just, yeah, I mean, and fouling, too. You know, DeRozan, nine free throw attempts. Aldridge, eight free throw attempts. I know a lot of those came in crunch time as well. That's not limited to the first half. But the Spurs were just going into the half court and getting exactly what they wanted over and over. And, you know, that's disappointing to watch when you have time to prepare for this game. You've played the team before, and it's a vital game, as we've said already. Speaking of, as far as this might be more of a stat to watch here, but from the Spurs' point of view, 17 three-pointers they made in this game. I feel like that might be a season high for the Suns as far as defensively allowing that many threes in the game. Yeah. That's just unreal. Yeah, it's it's going to be hard to win. You know, it would be one thing if it was a random guy making a bunch of them uncharacteristically, but it's a little tougher when it's, like we said, Bryn Forbes who is out there for that purpose. The other one, from a player perspective, um, not so much one guy, but like injury luck is a pretty – negative from today's game without cam johnson and aaron baines in this oh, one yeah. the 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 bug just bit the suns at the wrong moment um especially with baines cam has been out for a little while now but for baines to not play you really felt it when you know the spurs bring Jakob portal who's a borderline starting caliber player from their bench and the suns match it with check diallo because they just don't have the depth tonight yeah piggybacking off your point there which really goes into my point here i've hit it ad nauseum a lot in the show but just it continues to rear its ugly head at this point and it's the bench just the scoring off that second unit right now is just unbearable elia kobo played 12 minutes he had three points javon carter 15 minutes three points check diallo had six points in nine minutes but a lot of that was thanks to ricky rubio Mikhail Bruce played 32 minutes. He had two total points. Just, I don't know, if, obviously missing Aaron Baines and Cam Johnson does a lot as far as missing the offense in that second unit goes, Brennan. But even when Baines and Johnson have been playing, this second unit just struggles mightily. And just there's one big thing as far as long-term the Suns team needs to fix, and that's their second unit. Evil and even maybe short-term, you know. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think we could, you know, the more I think about it, not to get on too much of a tangent, but the more that I think about it, it might you know, like I was talking to Kellen Olson about it during the game. Like, you know, last year the trade at the deadline where it was Stanley Johnson for Thon Maker? Yeah. I think you might see a trade like that with this team where it's like a position of need, uh, just a different, let's just get a different body in here. Like, let's shuffle the deck a little bit, maybe condense two of these guys into one other player, something like that, just because 
how many more combinations of this do we need to see before you know it's it's obviously clear that that it's not going to happen as far as getting production off of this bench so I'm not saying those two players but just an end of the bench thing just to try somebody else from a different team that's that's unwanted but uh yeah I mean you know the Spurs do things a little differently with their rotation Derek White's probably a guy who would be starting on other teams but 25 points for him and 11 for Marco Bellinelli like it's just that's one part of this matchup that I think I underestimated. But uh, we can get into some more of those stats to watch. I think there will be a lot in terms of the efficiency department from tonight. Just a reminder, if you're a regular listener but you haven't subscribed, to go ahead and click that subscribe button. If you're uh, a new listener, uh, welcome, and you should do the same. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you have also heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Suns is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Suns fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On Suns gives your local company the unique ability to reach local listeners. That's not just any podcast listener. It's a Locked On podcast listener, meaning that if your company wants to connect with Suns fans who are mostly male well-educated with a disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. So text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know a little bit about yourself. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text that word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Stats to watch for today's episode. I'll start us off here, Evan. Mine is 30 to 8. That's the Spurs' assist-to-turnover ratio. So they shot the hell out of the ball, but they also were efficient in terms of keeping possession alive. And uh, just that their execution in the half court today was just incredible. I mean, what else can you say? 30 to 8 is about as good as it'll be in any game. I feel like, honestly, just seeing these Spurs play so many times at this point, and Suns fans are definitely familiar with the Spurs, obviously, at this point, but it seems like Derek White, Bryn Forbes, DeJounte Murray, DeRozan, like these guards that they have on their team, like they're so smart with the ball. Like they never turn the ball over. I mean, it's the spacing's not the best with a guy like DeMar DeRozan out there, but it just seems like the guys they have on their team just don't make mistakes, and that's why they're just the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why they're the Spurs, and that's the impact of coaching. That's the impact of continuity I think is what it what stands out to me is you have to have a brain trust in place long enough to what is a son's type of player there's not a that's not a thing we don't know what that is that because this is a first year coach this is a second year first year general manager this roster is entirely new we don't know what a son's player is we know what a Spurs player is and they have like six of them and they can just throw any of them out there and uh, it's going to churn it's it's just such a tough I know this Spurs team is young but it's just an uphill battle for a, a, what is still, you know, the, the youngest roster in the league with the Suns to overcome a team with two veterans leading it. That's just relentless in that in that way. My stat to watch here is going to be a little bit of a curveball. I'm, I'm going to kind of go off the fly here a little bit. The Suns had eight three pointers made. Take out Booker for a second, though. He had four of those. The Suns were four of eighteen from three point line outside Devin Booker, and that's just not going to cut it. You have. No one else outside of Booker make multiple threes in this game. Uber made one of six. Dario was one of two. Rubio, one of three. Javon Carter, one of three. Obviously missing Cam Johnson out of that, which is your best three-point shooter on the team. But when you don't have enough spacing around guys, I know it almost came and helped them out at the end, losing by two points and getting that comeback going. But 
you need spacing out there, and we've seen it all throughout, like, especially the guy Booker. When he's going like this, you need guys who can shoot a three. Yeah, and even his threes were, you know, not not lucky, but difficult, high high level of difficulty shots that you can't count on. So it could have been a lot uglier. And, you know, I think most disappointing to me from that angle is Mikhail's attempts going right back down to yeah. very very few two, and he missed both. And uh, I I actually can't recollect the second one, but I remember the first one was about as awkward a release as we've seen all year and and that's you know it's just it is what it is at this point but disappointing you would have hoped that maybe some spark would have lit with six of eight performance that he put together against Boston in that win Um, but you know it didn't happen so yeah again I mean not only did the Spurs make 17 Suns only made eight it's like the math is not in their favor the last one that I wanted to get out on though in terms of stat to watch is uh, two of three so the Spurs have won two of they play again on Friday, these two teams, but the Spurs have already locked up the season series. They only play three times, and that just means you have to get a full game ahead of the Spurs in the loss column or you know, in the, in the standings by the end of the year to make the playoffs because if they tie, now this, the uh, tiebreaker will go to San Antonio. Piggybacking off your point here to end, that just this, these are the types of losses I know every game matters in the NBA, but especially in the West Conference sitting right now with the Spurs and the Suns neck and neck. Spurs now 19 and 23, Suns 18 and 25. This could be, like you mentioned, a loss to look back on in March or April. Yeah, I think it, you know so far this year the two most just difficult ones to stomach if you're wanting this team to make the playoffs. Uh, it's this one and then that Memphis loss where Jaron Jackson just killed him in the fourth quarter. Uh, to me, though, you know, those are the two teams you're fighting against most prevalently right now for the eighth seed, and two home losses with momentum building off road trips, and you drop them both. It's just it's difficult to stomach. This team's been really bad on, at home this year. Yeah, Mexico City too. That that one was really rough. Yeah, the Spurs yeah, too. yeah. So the Spurs definitely have had the Suns number as far as thrilling games go over the last few times. But that'll do it for today's episode of Locked On Suns. Appreciate everyone listening. And as always, live talks at Resort Arena. The Suns are now 18 and 25 in the season, following tonight's 120 to 118 loss to the San Antonio Spurs. So appreciate everyone listening on today's podcast. We have you guys tomorrow for next episode.